0: What? What's this music? Well, it's not quite late night, but we're going to pretend like this is a late night podcast. It's 6.22 p.m. <laughs> Got your pajamas on. You have your readers on so you can read in bed. You have your slippers on. You've had your chamomile tea. You've checked Instagram for the last time. You've said your prayers. You, what, are, what are other night <laughs> what are nighttime rituals, you guys? um you've watched friends you've watched uh seinfeld you've watched fraser uh you've had a chocolate chip cookie a warm chocolate chip cookie and hot milk um and it's 6 23 p.m you guys how are you i just wanted to listen to a different song in the beginning here and remember the days when i who remembers raise your hand if you remember when I used to do really late night podcasts and they were always a bonus to the regular podcast. And also who remembers when I used to do this every Monday and Thursday, every single week. I'm not trying to beat myself up. Things have changed. I've got pro- different priorities. I always had priorities. Let's f- who doesn't? I guess if you think about it, even if you sit and do nothing all day, every day, that's a priority, right? Priority sort of a weird word in that way. Um, my priority, let's see what the word priority actually, let's see. Priority. Priority. The fact or condition of being regarded as treated as more important takes priority over any other matter. A thing that is regarded as more important than another. Yeah. See, housework didn't, here's an example. Housework didn't figure high on her list of priorities. I wish housework didn't figure high on her, meaning me, her list of priorities, because I, you know, I don't, who, who leaves dishes in the sink um, when they go to bed? I can't do it. I don't know. It came from my mom or something because she's never, I've never, I've never seen in my parents' house a dish left in the sink overnight. Maybe like one glass, water glass or something, but it's never from them. It's like when there's guests over and somebody just does it to be nice, um, you know, puts it away rather than leaving it out. But um, yeah, And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, I always see that where people are figuring out ways to give themselves a break. And a lot of times that seems to be, I don't know, people who are realizing like, yeah, just leave the housework aside. Or when I do my walk at home with Leslie Sansone routine in the morning, she's always like, "Um, move your couch out of the way and make room to have fun walking with me. And who cares if your living room is messy? You're supposed to move that body. and. You know, that's the same sort of thing, too. Uh, but anyway, it's interesting, isn't it, that the word priority, you think of it as, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. Anyway, how are you guys doing? How's everything going this week? Where are we? We're like midway through, what date is it? Yeah, this is 16th today. So we're midway through September. So ready for October, so excited about this weather. It's dark, but all of my big tomatoes are ripening red. I'm going to make some more of that um, that, uh, Spanish tomato toast. Did any of you guys do that? I didn't hear from anybody, but um, just one more time, I'm going to say it. You get a nice uh, loaf of bread, and you toast pieces of it, and you rub garlic on the bread, and you grate your tomato leaving the skin, whoops, sorry, leaving the skin off of the tomato, you grate the pulp of the tomato and you put that on top of your toast with the little garlic that's already been put on it and then top that with um, some nice sea salt or crunchy salt, whatever that is, and um, a drizzle of olive oil if you want. Anyway, I'm really excited because I think it's best with these homegrown tomatoes, obviously. So I'm going to be, I decided next week I'm going to keep my Meals really simple. I'm gonna have the same meal not only for breakfast, my oatmeal every day, but for lunch and dinner for a while, for at least three days in a row, just so that I cannot have to think about it, you know. And oh, by the way, uh, update on The Exorcist. So I just finished The Exorcist. I pretty, I kind of sped through it. I finished it um, because the reason I sped through it is when I started reading it last week. I read the the first page, you know how there's, um, in many books, there's a, the first page is a quote from something, and whatever, I don't have the book with me right now, but whatever the, there were two quotes in the very front of The Exorcist, and that's what I read on my first night, <laughs> and I didn't go any further, and I got really scared just on the quotes, and I had to cuddle up to Damien, and be like, oh, God, I'm so scared. I don't think I can do it. I think I was just being dramatic because it was fun, to be honest with you. But um, the rest of the book did not scare me as much as I thought it would. But the point being, I wanted to finish it because Damien leaves for tour next week. Um, by the way, check it out. Go to damiangerardo.com. Maybe you, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, anywhere from Chicago and east of there, East Coast Tour is coming up with him and Will Chef of Ockerville River. Um, So go ahead and check that out and see if you want to go see him play if some of the shows are not sold out. But I highly recommend it. Anyway, since he's leaving, I'm like, I got to get this done before he leaves because we know we have ghosts in this house, but they are very friendly ghosts. There's nothing bad. Um, But I just, I didn't want to be reading The Exorcist when I'm by myself. I I just couldn't do it. Uh, did I, did I mention, um, actually there was one thing that this, whatever entity that I'm dealing with here in the house did that I kind of, okay, you guys might just think I'm crazy, but here's what happened. So for those of you who are painters, you know, those brushes, I don't remember what they're really called, but they've got the, they're usually for like line work or like little, little tiny, tiny details, but they're they're bent on the end so they give you an angle but it's, i'm not talking about an angle brush i'm talking about the little um god it's like a liner brush but it's bent <sighs> yeah you gotta kind of know what i mean it's almost like got an arm coming down well anyway i didn't have i couldn't find i didn't have mine i had one a long time ago and i didn't i, get, I don't know what happened to it so bought a new one got really excited used it this one day with some watercolor all day long Used it like crazy. Was so happy to have one back in my life. and remember washing it and putting it back with the three other brushes I was using. I was using four brushes that day. That's it. And I'm so, um, I'm, I know exactly what I use. Like there's no mystery with me. It's not like, I'm not one of these artists that has tons of shit out all over the place. Like I know exactly what I'm using. I know where it is at all times. I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, that's just how I am. So next day, go out to my little glass that has the four brushes i was using because i was going to use them all four again on what i was working on that bent brush was gone not in the and i know i put it there because where else would i put it now of course i looked everywhere i only have one trash can in my studio i went through that trash can like 18 times that bent brush is not in there went to the sink in my studio that i use for my brushes nowhere around there, not stuck, looked in the, I don't, I mean, this is nowhere where it'd be, looked underneath my couch cushions in my studio, looked in between every book. I thought, oh my God, maybe I stuck it in a book, like a pencil, like a, you know, to like mark a page or something. Nope, not there, not there, not anywhere. So that, I guess a ghost did steal my Brush, which really makes me mad. Um, but other than that, there's nothing too weird. But, you know, you just, I don't know. I'd rather not be reading The Exorcist alone. So, uh, and I think, did I mention to you guys briefly last week? I know I had mentioned all sorts of quick things, but I am very excited. I want to hear from my my listeners here if you guys use a Kindle or what are they called? E-readers? If you guys are a fan of it. It seems like my friends like to do both. And I, I'm telling you, I really can't wait. I've been using the Kindle app on my phone, like I, I think I told you guys. And just being able to like look up a word, if I'm not sure what it means, that quickly by just touching on it is such a wonderful thing. And actually, I like the note system because I always take notes in books and then transcribe the notes into my other composition notebook at the end of a book. And it actually is an easier... I mean... I hate to admit this, but it does make that process simpler. So anyway, I'm very excited. I got the cutest little Kindle cover. You know, I'm trying to just really make the most of it. And this Kindle is waterproof, so I won't have to feel weird if I want to take it into the bathtub with me, which I love reading at night in the bath. So that will be nice. Um, And yeah, I I don't know, because I, I think what prompted this originally, I don't remember where this came from of me getting a Kindle, but part of it was I wished that I didn't always need to have a pencil with me when I read, because I cannot read a page of a book without freaking out if I don't have one of my pencils with me, because I take notes in pencil in a certain fashion in my books. And if I don't have it, I cannot enjoy myself. And that's so annoying to me. So I just decided you know, maybe this is another way to get me away. I just think that I have, I'm in this phase of life where I realize I have all of these hangups and these things that I think I need, that I need to just kind of get rid of. Uh, it's that whole thing of we all tell ourselves stories about ourselves and so much of it is false. Like, I think I'm going to live if I don't have a pencil in my hand when I read a page of a book, but something about my rigidity and my um, obstinence about this is who I am this is what I do kind of got in the way for a while so anyway oh my god let me read something and we'll get back to you with recommendation, recommendation corner. corner all right I'm back you guys it took me a while I was by the way did you like that little vocal effect I just used we're gonna do that again right now because we are about to embark on America. Recommendation, recommendation corner, corner. It's- all right, that goes out to my European friends who don't appreciate Recommendation Corner. Uh, yeah, so here we go. We're, we're buying stuff. We're thinking about things. I, I, that's a joke, slightly, and it's also me being a jerk because of people who think Recommendation Corner is like Amazon or something, which is not what it is, but whatever. All right, let's talk about Muffaletta the sal- olive salad mix or whatever it is. Now, I've been buying that and putting it on my regular sandwiches. Takes it to a whole new level. Uh, I've always loved that olive mix. I really like it when it's got cap- a lot of capers in it. And I just wanted to say, let's get that, let's get, let's get that muffaletta, muffaletta mix all over your food, you guys. Oh, and I also just put it on crackers or whatever. It's nice to have around. Or when I have some hummus, put that on top of it. Another thing I did, which I know I've seen done somewhere and I thought it was shocking, but so maybe this is normal and I just didn't know it. But one day I was making a pizza recently and it wasn't that good. It was just kind of, there's something about it that this was the, the weirdest thought I had in my head was this needs something sweet on it. And I was like, let's put some honey on it. Well, guess what? My honey was I don't know what happened to it, it was dead. So I did have some agave. I put some, drizzled a little agave on top of this pizza. It was insane. This is a new thing that I'm gonna do a lot more. Is this a typical thing? Let me know, I'm not sure. Um, another thing in recommendation corner, I mentioned it briefly last week. So did you guys know that I never wore shorts in my life? I did a couple of times when I was in my, maybe like junior high and, but then I just gave it up cold turkey. I hate it. I hate wearing, I hated wearing shorts so much. And then as this summer's gone on, I w- I've i never like left the house in a car in shorts still. And I doubt I ever will. But I even wore shorts outside in front of my neighbors. Hello, Don, what's up? I wear shorts around the house like it's normal. And I don't know, that feels really good. I wear like nighttime shorts to bed. And you guys may remember that I've gone on and on on this program a long time ago, several times, about, you know, nudity in bed and that you should have a lot of clothes on because (laughs) I don't want people's pubic hair to get all over their sheets. And then, you know, then the pubic hair moves around in the bed and it might all of a sudden stick onto your face or something while you're sleeping. It's a whole thing that I have about nudity and and sleeping, and I don't even know. But I just want you guys to know I'm lightening up a bit. I'm not so scared. Let's say a pubic hair does get on somebody's face <laughs> through, through their act of sleeping. Well, so be it. That's life, right? Um, so anyway, I just want you guys to know that I'm wearing shorts. Not that shorts mean pubic hairs are going to go all over the place either, but I'm just saying, I'm getting more relaxed and I'm realizing that I was weird for not wearing shorts. I mean, I saw Erica not that long ago and she's been my friend for like 2,000 years and she had never seen me in shorts until this time here recently. Can you believe that? So anyway, I'm pretty proud now that I can wear shorts. Um, Oh, I do have something that's more of like you can buy this for... um, For my American friends. (laughs) I'm just kidding about this consumerism in America. Although, let's face it, I am telling you to buy something. Okay. For those of you that are like me and love GT's raw kombucha, there's a new one. There's a new flavor. Lemon is out. I don't know where the lemonade is. I can't get it anywhere. But one of my stores nearby has lemon berry. And guess what? It's better than lemonade. So please check that out. There's also California citrus. It's delicious. Um, and just a little bit more, if you guys are looking for cool sunglasses or progressive lenses or readers or any glasses of any kind, I really do. I want to highlight a place called the Sunglass Museum. I'm going to put a link in the description. Um, I just had the greatest experience with the person who runs that place because there was a little mess up in my order. And she herself, the owner of the company, called me to talk about it and apologize and then... She even texted me to check if I wanted something, and then she gave me a free pair of readers because of my trouble, which it really wasn't a trouble, but this is what I'm talking about. This is a nice place. So Sunglass Museum, very affordable sunglasses. If you're looking for something like that, I just want to say that's my kind of place. Okay. My God, it's 16 minutes in, and I haven't read anything. Um... All right. I can't remember. I, I believe I've read from this book on the podcast before. It is um, unofficially called an et, et, Etel Adnan Reader. It's The big title is To Look at the Sea is to Become What One Is. This is 50 Years of Writing from Atel Adnan. This is volume one. It's a two-volume book. You guys can check it out at Night Boat Books. I'll put a link in the description. This is from 2014. I want to thank my friend Stephanie for getting me this back in the day. And I'll be specifically reading from the Arab Apocalypse. Uh, But just a little bit about Etel Adnan. Some of you artists out there might know Etel from the paintings and and her artwork. She's a Syrian-American essayist and an essayist. And she's 90 six years old. Essayist, writer, artist, I would consider some of these poems and just a regular badass. And there is nothing in these two volumes that I'm not interested in. There's just something about this human being's brain that I am fixated on. So I'm pretty excited. And again, this one is from the Arab Apocalypse. It's just a little... A little part of that. Um, It's, yeah, I highly recommend this book. Oh, and Within the Arab Apocalypse are many drawings of Attell's. I like how I'm calling her by her first name now. Um, 96 years old. How do you do it? Attel, if you're listening, let us know. We'll we'll let the listeners uh, learn from your strengths here. Probably by being a badass and being active and making so much stuff, you know? All right, you guys, here we go. A painter always looks like a loner. His work seems to be the result of a solitary struggle. Many painters could envy the collaborative arts, the musicians, the singers. But one day at the loft, we broke tradition. An extraordinary thing happened. Anne distributed huge pieces of strong paper, most of them around seven feet by seven, Somebody started painting on one corner, somebody else took another corner, and a third party came into the picture and within an hour or two there were five or six people working on the same surface, overlapping, interfering with each other's work as dancers will do when improvising. For weeks the group painting went on. The results were remarkable. They proved a point which matters in contemporary art, that a group of artists can make a painting together the way jazz musicians work. The collective paintings had each more quality, more strength, more unity of composition and feeling than many individual works. They were exhibited in the cannery in San Francisco and they looked astounding. Each one of them said a single, although mysterious thing. They looked at the public with certitude, the way the mountain looks at us. Their there-ness could not be put into question. Through them, a moment, a group, an adventure, a culture found its expression. They were a being made of all of us all a being made of us all sorry shortly after the ohanlins left for a 64-day bus journey i love oh i remember okay sorry left for a 64-day bus journey which took them from london to calcutta and had painted a very large buddha when she realized that the members of the seminars were 64 in number like the 64 chapters of the i ching which she often consulted, she cut the Buddha in as many pieces and decided that on her trip, she would send each day to one of us a piece of the canvas. A particular town or place had to correspond in her mind to the person who was going to receive that day's mailed piece. And that's what she did. It was understood from the beginning that when the O'Hanlins returned, the pieces of the Buddha would be reassembled and the painting reconstructed. The travelers returned, but the Buddha remained scattered like us. Whatever is destroyed should enter in order to be meaningful, other emerging entities. Whatever is destroyed should enter in order to be meaningful, other emerging entities. Wow. I love that. A 64 64 day bus journey with 64 people. Oh my gosh. And she tore the Buddha into 64 pieces. Wow. I love it. But I really love that ending. Like all of this about togetherness. This is a very typical Atel Adnan thing where it's all this like, wow, we can be collaborative like the musicians and dancers. And isn't this beautiful? These are much more beautiful with all of us involved. And then, yeah, we'll put this back together. But nope, they remained scattered. I like that. I do agree. It's so strange because I, even when I read many painters can envy the collaborative arts, the musicians, the singers. I'm like, not me, sorry, not at all. But whenever I do partake in something more collective, it's always such a great experience, but it's so anti-me. I mean, I look at musicians all the time and like, what? How can you deal with having to deal with other people in order to make your uh, creative goals happen. I mean, I would just lose my mind, but then I know that on the positive note, that's, that's, they discover so much because somebody comes to the table with something they never could have imagined in their own brain. So I guess I'm, I'm still not going to go with envious of it because I still don't really care to do it, (laughs) but Anyway, you guys buy this book if you're up for it, or this is a really good gift to give somebody, by the way. Uh, I can't imagine any writer or artist not loving it. So um, check that out. And what else are we doing? Oh, I also wanted to say something really quick. <clears throat> I did take a note. So I know I've talked about this on here. And um, I just wanted to say how sad I am to hear that Norm McDonald passed away. Uh, he was definitely my favorite comedian, and I, I just don't have enough great things to say about him. And I'm going to read um, something he wrote and put on Twitter one time. It's just a short little couple of sentences. At times, the joy that life attacks me with is unbearable and leads to gasping hysterical laughter. I find myself completely out of control and wonder how could life surprise me again and again and again, so completely. How could a man be a cynic? it is a sin. And Norm was a very interesting, I've talked about this on here before, but you can find on one of his interviews, uh, I think it was one of his many interviews with Howard Stern, that he, I mean, he basically had Stendhal syndrome in the middle of museums. Like he talked about, I think he was a kid and he stared at this painting of this woman and just started bawling and thought, you know, God, he thought he was in love with this woman on this old painting. And I mean, you're just, I don't know. There's just not many people out there with that kind of, he's got some, he's, he was just a very special human being and I'm devastated that he's gone and I had no idea he was sick. So anyway, just wanted to say that. And I had a lot of you guys reach out to me in various ways and I missed some of the opportunities to respond because then I couldn't find them again on stupid Instagram because it disappeared on my feed. And so to anybody who reached out to me, thank you for thinking of me. It's not like I know Norm personally, but I think everybody knows that he was one of my heroes. So, or, every, you know, a lot of my friends and listeners of this podcast know that. So thank you. Very sad news. Um, you guys, really quick, I just want to remind you the best way to support my podcast is to head on over to robinoneal.com forward slash shop, scroll to the bottom Sign up for the newsletter so you can know when certain things are available. Also, I've got some new 2021 headstone cards coming out. If you remember last year's 2020 headstone card, well, I've got a new one, 2021, and it just says it sucked too. So we're going to get those out there in the world in the beginning of October. Um, I also want to, I've mentioned it before, I'm a part of a show on the Studio Archive Project, a show called Known Unknowns, curated by Me Paints Me. Uh, I'll put a link in the description. You guys check that out and support the Studio Archive Project. It's a wonderful way to support artists. Um, All right, you guys. Only one question before I close this out. What is your typical bedtime routine? Hit me up. Tell me about your bedtime routine. Tell me how many hours of sleep you get a night and tell me if you feel rested when you wake up. I had to fill out some forms at the doctor's office this week and it killed me when I admit it was like scale of 0 to 10. How tired are you on a daily basis? I was 9.5. 9.5 every day. Zero to 10, how rested do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Zero to 10, 10 being most rested. I did 0.5. That's not okay. Uh, so what, please help me people help me. What's wrong? I mean, I'm, who knows? I'm probably sick or something. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, that's it for today. You guys be on your way. Have a great evening. Have a great day. Have a great life. We had fun here again today. We talked about pubic hair. We talked about collaborative painting. What else did we talk about? We talked about the exorcist. We talked about, we didn't talk about Danzig, although I'm dying to tell you this Danzig story. We talked about Muffaletta, Olive Mix, and I don't remember what else we talked about. Oh, uh, e-readers. E-readers and pubic hair. I love you guys. Have a great, great time. (laughs) Keep dying. Keep writing it down. That's C.K. Williams. I'm Robin. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.